0: Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, the founder of the Charity the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Today, our topic is what goes in comes out. And the uh, moral the message I'll tell you right up front is be selective with what you feed yourself. Your eyes, and your ears, your mouth, and the gates to your inner self, your soul. What you see, what you hear, what you touch, what you taste and smell, they are going to affect the kind of person that we become. In a physical sense, our material body I think you'll agree with me, gets run down, tired, overweight, depressed when we eat junk food, Twinkies, soda, candy bars. We can't even be physically healthy if we eat garbage all the time. Similarly, if we feed our soul with junk sights, junk sounds, junk tastes, that's going to drag you down, and what goes in is going to come out. Hanging around people who gossip, people who complain, singing the same sad old song. People are always playing the victim card. That's feeding your inner self with junk food. And when you're not careful what you take in and who you spend time with, you're not going to become the person that Christian God wants you to be. Be careful what it is that you take in. Today, there's no doubt. There's far more opportunity. To feed on the wrong things than ever before in human history. 500 channels on the TV, the internet, smartphones, magazines, billboards, all of these things trying to influence us. They're not all bad, but you do have to stay on guard. There are popular TV programs that have people airing their dirty laundry, showing conflict, backstabbing dysfunction when you're not careful what you take in then don't be surprised at what comes out here's a story it's a little bit dated you'll recognize but it makes my point a few years after i was born this was probably in the 40s or so my dad met a stranger who was new to our small texas town from the beginning, Dad was fascinated with this enchanting stranger and soon invited him to live with our family. The stranger was quickly accepted and he was around from then on. As I grew up, I never questioned his place in my family. In my young mind, he had a special niche. My parents were complimentary instructors. Mom taught me good from evil and Dad taught me to obey. But the stranger, oh, oh, oh he was our storyteller. He would keep us spellbound for hours on end with adventures, mysteries, and comedies. If I wanted to do anything about politics, history, or science, he always knew the answers about the past, understood the present, and seemed even to be able to predict the future. He took my family to their first Major League Baseball game. He made me laugh. He made me cry. The stranger never stopped talking, and Dad didn't seem to mind, but sometimes, Mom would get up quietly, while the rest of us were shushing each other to listen to what he had to say, and she would go to the kitchen for peace and quiet. I wonder if she ever prayed for the stranger's belief. Dad ruled our household with certain moral convictions, but the stranger never felt obligated to honor them. Profanity, for example, was not allowed in our house, not from us, our friends, or our visitors. But our long-time visitor, however, got away with four-letter words that burned my ears and made my dad squirm and my mother blush. My dad, as well, did not permit the liberal use of alcohol, but the stranger encouraged us to try it. On a regular basis, he made cigarettes look cool, cigars manly, and pipes distinguished. He talks much too freely about sex. His comments were sometimes blatant, sometimes suggestive, and generally embarrassing. And I know that my early concepts about relationships were influenced strongly by the stranger. Time after time, he opposed the values of my parents, and yet he was seldom rebuked and never ever asked to leave. More than 50 years have passed since the stranger moved in with our family. He's blended right in and is not nearly as fascinating as he was at first. Still, if you could walk into my parents' den today, you would find him still sitting Over in his corner, waiting for someone to listen to him talk and watch him draw his pictures. His name? Well, we just call him TV. And the stranger has a wife now. Her name is Internet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Internet, social media, TV, cable, satellite, Instagram, no doubt. They can entertain, grab your attention. But they're also filling the addictive mind with more and more trash. What was sensationalistic 20 years ago is no big meal now. The shock down is wearing off. The threshold keeps getting lower and lower and lower. recent example of this is on October 7th, the rapists and murderers of Hamas were praised by some people as resistance fighters. The Secretary General of the UN was recently asked to condemn their actions, and he said, well, you have to understand the context. Excuse me? The context of killing children and raping women, butchering people in their own hands? Really? Are you serious? The context? We see daily violence, dishonesty, lies, and this is all going into our subconscious. Don't be surprised if you become desensitized. Don't be surprised if you find yourself sympathizing with monsters Talking about context and circumstances. And the interesting thing in all of this is none of this garbage can force its way into our minds and our hearts. It can only come if we open the door and invite it in. For ten years, the Greeks assaulted the walls of Troy, as you know. They were unable to reach them. Finally, they pretended to board their ships and sail away leaving behind a gift of a wooden horse. After the Trojans had naively brought the horse into the city, warriors who had been secreted within the horse's belly snuck out at night and opened the gates to the Greek army. The result was the total destruction of Troy. So your eyes, your ears, are gates to your soul. And above again it says, while contemplating the objects of the senses, one becomes attached to them. From such attachment, lust arises, from lust, anger, and from anger, loss of intelligence, and finally one falls down into the material pool. take inventory this evening of what it is that you're feeding yourself. TV, for instance, is programmed to appeal to the lowest common denominator. TV is geared to those with a 12-year-old mentality. We see people fighting with other bizarre situations. Dysfunction like a wreck on a freeway. Everybody rubbernecking, wants to see what happens. The bar gets lower and lower. The more bloody and violent it is, the more curious we are to see. And what kind of values are being portrayed by what you listen to and by what you watch? Are they building you up wholesome, inspiring you to be better? If not, make the necessary changes. Don't feed on trash. When you watch a movie, an Instagram reel, a Facebook story, it's like inviting those people in your home. Do I want them in my home? Do I want to know their secrets? Do I want to hear their language? Do I want to see their dirty laundry? No thanks. I'm not a garbage can. I'm not going to fill my mind with poison. Only a fool feeds on trash. Life is too short. Your time too valuable to feed on anything other than what's building you up. If you're not careful, the TV and the Internet will determine what kind of a person you be. The average person will spend more time watching TV or the Internet than they will working and sleeping. They'll spend a total of 10 years in their life. By the time a child graduates high school, they'll have watched 18,000 hours of Internet and TV compared to spending 12,000 hours in school. There's enough in life that we can't avoid Let's not make our time here more difficult by voluntarily putting unwholesome things in. There are already enough problems in this world. We don't have to create more. True. It's just entertainment. Surely there's no harm. No, that's not true. Put trash in, and it's just a matter of time before trash will come in. Think of yourself in this uniform as a high-performance car. Think of how much faster, how much fuller your life will be if you can be selective in what you put in your engine. Sure, you can get by with unleaded, low-grade fuel. You can get by watching questionable things on TV, listening to things that drag you down, hanging around people who erode your values. Your car will run, so to speak, but I'm talking tonight about reaching your highest about becoming everything Krishna God has created you to be. You'll never be tempted beyond what you can handle. A little alarm will go off. A voice will whisper to you from deep inside. There'll always be attention. Krishna will make a way of escape, try to talk you out of it. Don't hang out with these people. Get out of this environment. Get off that social media platform. Stop spending all that time scrolling. We will never make a mistake without Krishna having first warned us. And if you think back to the bad choices you've made, most likely you'll remember that still voice, but you ignored it anyway. Think of all that we could have be, all that could have been avoided if we'd just been more disciplined. In what we watched, and more diligent about listening to that voice of our conscience. And in all of this, Krishna, God, is not trying to be a party pooper. He's not trying to spoil your life. He's not trying to get you from something. He's trying to get you to something much better. Not trying to make your life miserable. You can't watch this. You can't hang out with these people. You can't have any fun. Just the opposite. If you do things Krishna God's way, You'll have more fun than you ever had before. God will take you to places that you could have never imagined. He's trying to get you to an abundant, fulfilled, amazing future. Now, just do your part and be a little selective. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Hare. Prabhupada writes these words in the first canto of the Shriana Bhagavatam, crows and swans are not birds of the same feather because of their different mental attitudes. The crows take pleasure in a place where garbage is thrown, just as the passionate, and workers take pleasure in wine and women and places for gross sense pleasure. The swans do not take pleasure in the places where crows are assembled for conferences and meetings. They are instead seen in an atmosphere of natural scenic beauty where there are transparent reservoirs of water nicely decorated with stems of lotus flowers and variegated colors of natural beauty. And that is the difference between the two classes of birds. And what distinguishes them more than any other feature is they have different diets. Crows eat roadkill and garbage, dead things. There are crow-like people who gossip about dead things, who watch questionable material, who play the victim card over and over and over. They might get by, but they are never going to soar. Maybe you've been going to lunch with crow-like negative, complaining people. And you don't have to hurt their feelings. You don't have to go in there and Cheru told me at the Christian temple, I can't go to lunch with you anymore. Please don't mention my name. But you can gradually just start spending less and less time with them. If they want to be a crow, that's their choice. Can I tell you that's not who you are? And you cannot sit there and not be effective. God is saying to you, find somewhere else to eat lunch. Be proactive, not inactive. In the teachings of Queen Kunti, Prabhupada writes, the material world is the world where swans have become crows. In the material world, the living entity is encaged in a material body and he tries to gratify his senses in one body after another. But the reestablishment of dharma, discipline, will gradually turn the crows back into swans. He says, the devotees who have a relationship with Krishna or God are like the swans who play in a forest of lotus flowers. The buds of those lotus flowers are the pastimes of Krishna, and they are edibles for the swan like devotees. Lord Sri Krishna is always engaged in his transcendental pastimes. Therefore, the devotees following the footsteps of Lord Chaitanya can always eat those lotus buds, for they are the pastimes of the Lord. Bottom line are you going to be a people pleaser, or are you going to be a God pleaser? Maybe your friends are going to a movie, but there's an alarm going off. There's a voice telling you, are you going to really sit through two hours of bad language, violence, and sex? Well, maybe they'll think I'm old-fashioned if I don't go. Maybe they'll make fun of me. Maybe they'll get upset. Well, then you have to ask yourself, do you want to get higher in your life, or do you want to get dragged down by your so-called friends? And the fact is, not everyone's willing to pay the price to be a swan. Am I going to be a buzzard, stay on the ground, eat dead things, or am I going to be a swan to soar? If I'm going to be a swan, I can't hang around with crows. Now, everybody will like to soar, but not everybody's willing to give up. Dead flesh, gossip, unwholesome things. And if you sit inactive, that is a decision on your part to let people dump trash into you. If someone's telling off-color jokes, for instance, you don't have to tell them off, read the Bible, Gita to them, just quietly step away. They have a right to speak, but you also have a right not to listen. Sometimes our own thoughts will present us with dead food. Just pick up scripture, re-channel your thinking, don't be an active. fill yourself with wholesome material and when there's nothing else to do, chant the names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. There's so many great messages available on MP3s, on YouTube, when jogging, walking, waiting for an appointment. Activate your Bluetooth connection and make good use of the time. The average American spends 400 hours per year in their car listening to the radio or they connect their phones to car planning. After I give the motivational talk on a Saturday night in Salt Lake City, I drive back the same evening to Spanish floor. It takes about 39 minutes. So I put the talk that I just gave that was recorded on Facebook Live on the speaker in the car, and I listen to it. I make mental edits to improve it when I give the same talk again at 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon in Spanish floor. Take inventory. Ask yourself. If it's not feeding your spirit, if it's not increasing your relationship with God, if it's not helping you to be a better human being, then be bold enough to make the necessary changes. But whatever you do, don't sit inactive while others pollute your consciousness. Take charge of what enters your eyes, your ears, your mouth, the gates of your soul. If you will be selective in what you feed yourself, I can promise you this. You'll grow. You'll be happy. You'll be healthy. You'll rise higher. You'll become everything that Krishna, God, has created you to be in this life. And in the next life, you'll go back to home, back to God. If any of that sounds good, I invite you to raise your arms with me and say it together.